As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 Israel. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, former Braves reliever, Eric O'Flaherty. What's up, Eric? What up, Dave? Oh, man, what up? Well, I think I, th- I think we did the last show the day after the Braves clinch, right? Yep. Well, here's what's happened since then. <laughs> um, Acuna got hurt. Uh, Max Fried has a blister, or the makings of a blister, so he's ch- he's skipping a start. The Braves got destroyed in four games. They got waxed in Miami by the resurgent Marlins who are fighting for a playoff spot. And um, really, there was not one thing positive except for uh, Matt Olson hitting this club record 50-second home run, which was indeed a positive. But other than that, the Braves got really have gotten wrecked by the Marlins and the Phillies for four, for four consecutive games. And last night, they got beat uh, by the Phillies. Seven to one, I gave up five home runs. Kyle Wright has been back for two starts, and neither one of them has been the least bit encouraging. I know uh, Snicker said he's doing great for a guy who's missed all of spring training and the season, but he's not doing great. He's made three. He's made two starts, and they've not gone very well. He gave up three home runs last night, which is the second most of his career. Other than None that, how you doing, matter. man? None of it's going to matter. That's how I look at it. Exactly. One of, right. my, one of my proudest moments in my career was, uh, you know, because we, we always talk about not riding the roller coaster, getting too wrapped up in what's happened recently. And it's easy as a player because you have to or you fall apart. But one of yeah. my proudest moments, um, BMAC, who'd given me so much good advice and I'd offered him nothing, you know, in our entire relationship. <laughs> I think it was uh, it was like 2012. 11 or 12, maybe 13, whatever his last year with the Braves was, he was off to a slow start. He was struggling in spring training. Something was going on. They were moving him around the lineup or something. And he, he was kind of getting caught up in the, in the noise. You know, he was feeling it from management. He was hearing some stuff in the papers. And I was like, look, man, the season's so long. You're not even going to remember this. When we look back and ask what was going on in April, you're not even going to remember it. And that actually stuck with him. He's like, you're right. This is just a short period and we just move on and they'll, 
there'll be a new story next week or the next week after that. I mean, even if you look at it right now, it's like, what? I don't remember what's going on with the Braves in April. I know Harris struggled. That's it. That's all I can remember. Yeah. And that's kind and of Ozuna. how the season. And Ozuna. And Ozuna was struggling. So and you have the, to like rack your brain. And the fact that the two of them have been on fire basically ever since then. Yep. Says a lot about what you're just alluding to. Yep. The baseball season is so long. There's so much shit that happens. You can't even get too concerned about a month-long struggle, much exactly. less four games after a team clinches. Now, it came out purposefully to start like that because people who think we're just going to blow smoke up your ass, we're not going to. We're going to say the way it is. But at the same time, because I, I mean, there's, there's idiots out there that think the Braves <laughs> will revoke my credential if I'm negative. Yeah. I don't give a shit what the Braves think about what I write. I want them to like it because it's easier to deal with players if they like what you're writing. And But I'm not ultimately, I'm not beholden to that. I don't write for the Braves. I write for the fans, who the people who want to know about the team. It's just yep. easier to write about a team who's doing well and a team who's cooperative, and the Braves are. But they have no say whatsoever. And I know some idiots out there, and I call you idiots because that's what you are if you don't listen to us when we try to tell you that no organization has ever told me what I can or can't write or suggested I don't write something and then said, well, you didn't write it, so we're taking your credential. That doesn't happen. And if you believe that, you're so stubborn that you think you know more about other businesses than you do the people who are actually in them. And that's why I called you an idiot because you, if you believe that, you are an idiot. Yeah. Anyway, um, I remember you being one of the guys, one of the few that would ask the tough questions, and we didn't like you as much as the other go. writers because of that. Four games, though. If you look back, the Braves are the only team in the majors that has not had a losing streak longer than four games. They have not had a five game losing streak in the past like three years. Okay. That's amazing, and that says a lot about the clubhouse culture, the team, the consistency, how they do not get wrapped up and ride the roller coaster, and that starts at the top with Snit, and then the veterans that they brought in have adapted to that or had it when they came over, but that trickles down, and this team doesn't get stressed, and they're no, and you can't tell in the clubhouse, we said this before, if they've won four in a row or lost four in a row, that's only slightly exaggerated. You really can't tell in the clubhouse when this team loses a game 7-1 or wins it 7-1. They might have the music turned up when we first go in there, which they don't after a loss. But other than that, the mood of the guys, when they walk out the door and get their cars, they're the same, man. You and know? that's why unless, they've won six straight. Right. Unless it's one guy, unless it's one guy that had a terrible game, cost him the game, and he might feel bad and leave with his head down going, Jesus, that cost his game. But the team as a whole, and they're going to try to bring that guy up too, but the team as a whole doesn't go home dispirited. Like they're right now, they're not going home going, the wheels are off, like so many fans are saying, the wheels are off. That's not what this team is thinking. And if you look at it rationally and say, okay, what does this mean? Nothing. The wheels aren't off. <laughs> they played a Marlins team that if you look what the Marlins did before the Braves went down there, the Marlins are playing well right now. They are they are fighting. They're back in the playoff race. Yeah. They have so much more to play for right then in those games immediately after the Braves clinched than the Braves did. Now, I know you're out there going, they got to keep the foot on the pedal because they do need to, they do want to keep home field advantage. But it's only natural for the first couple of games after you clinch to, you know, go... Okay, well, and then you ran up against a Phillies team that you're facing Zach Wheeler, one of the best pitchers in the national in in baseball last night, 
who pitched a good Zach Wheeler game, a very good Zach Wheeler game. And you're throwing your guy out there who's still trying to kind of get his feet under him, figure out what he's got this year. And, I mean, he's made two starts since he had four months on the IL. It was not a good matchup. Now tonight, you've got Strider going against Christopher Sanchez, who pitched well against the Braves last week in Philly. Now we'll see what goes on tonight. And like I said, they haven't had a five-game losing streak in years, like three years. I have to, I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. But they've had – this is the fourth four-game losing streak this year. Every time they've come out of it and gone on a good little spurt afterwards. Every time. It's baseball. I remember they lost a couple in Oakland, you know, and it's like – how are you going to lose to those guys? That was, I think, early yeah. in the year. And yeah, they, they lost a series at Oakland. Then they went yeah. to uh, Arizona and, and beat played. a really hot Arizona team. Big yeah. Zach Allen, who was the best pitcher in baseball at home at that point, beat him badly. And that's so. that's probably the the hardest thing to appreciate about baseball is that you can't just get LeBron James and you win every series or game you're supposed to. Like Mike Trout and Otani are on the Angels. This doesn't seem to make a difference. You know, yep. and baseball baseball is like that where the worst major league team can beat the best major league team any day, any any series. And you get yep. to the postseason. No you get when the postseason starts, nobody's gonna look back at this and be like, shit, if they would have played better in Miami. Yeah. It's gonna be whatever happens that day and whatever team shows up that day. I mean, in a sense, you're you'd want to get this out of your system because you, it's always coming. There's always a slump coming, there's always a rough stretch coming. You have to weather the storm, turn it around, and keep playing. So, I mean, if there was a time to do it, now is the time. And you want to go in the postseason hot if you can. Yeah. And the other thing, um, the people that are so uh, concerned about the Dodgers catching them for best record in the NL, the Dodgers were playing like crap, too, until they went to Seattle and swept a Seattle team, which is struggling mightily. Seattle is. Yeah. The wheels are off the wagon with Seattle. So the Dodgers yeah. went in and swept them. But look what the Dodgers did before that. They were playing really poorly. So now they've won, I think, four in a row. They won again last night. But they were right. They they only gained like a game on the Braves in that week and a half long stretch. So the team, I think, that uh, is a legitimate concern about catching them would be the Orioles. Because yeah. the Orioles are playing really well. And they've got a great home atmosphere. All these good teams have great home atmospheres. The Dodgers obviously do. We're just out there. But the Braves just won three out of four out there, remember. But – the Orioles, you you if the Braves are fortunate enough to get to the World Series, and they're certainly not looking ahead to that, but if they are fortunate, you you would certainly rather have home field advantage than go up against the Orioles team that has waited so long to be really yeah. good again. And I can't even imagine how loud that place would be if they win a couple of playoff series and advance to the World Series. You know, I'm the patron saint of Birdland. <laughs> when in 2008, when they started that Birdland thing, I gave up a walk off homer and a go ahead double in back to back days. <laughs> that place was loud, but that's just a little tidbit for you. All their fans were calling me that for the rest of the season. That was when the Braves were up there? Seattle in 2008. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. But even when I came back the next year, I wanted no part of Birdland, but I think it would be good. I mean, I think that's the best way to look at it, though, is worst case scenario, they they could lose every game the rest of the season. All they give up is home field to the Dodgers and Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I, I said the only thing good had happened was Olsen's home run. Wayno winning his 200th win last night. 
Here, Wayno, at the very end of his career, gets the 200, with, which I thought was impossible when he pushed yeah. against the Braves a couple of weeks because he was terrible that night. And he gave up the four homers and, you know, throwing in the mid-upper 80s. I thought there's no way. So what's he, he done? He's throwing 85 a few pitches. And he's pitched great against two really good teams to get his yeah. 199th to 200th wins. So good for him. I was so happy to see that. Um, but him winning last night against the Brewers – Assured the Braves home field for the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so not that that was ever in doubt, but it, that for that to officially be what did it was kind of funny. Um, I, I know, I know the, the bitter people out there look at Wayno's 200 wins and they start thinking, okay, we gave up what to give, you know, Wayno could have had 200 wins. Okay. You're assuming that if Wayno would have stayed with the Braves, they He's would have the kept player. him the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> when they didn't even keep Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, or Greg Maddox for the entire rest of their career. None of those yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of it because he stayed with St. Louis that whole time, but still. I mean, right. I, those trades are so hard to look at, too, because – some guys click in certain cities. Like you know, you don't you don't even know if he turns into the guy that he turned into in Atlanta. I mean, he's pitching to Absolutely. Yachty for all those years, and he's in the shadow of great great pitchers here. I mean, he might he didn't wasn't going to get the chance that he got in St. Louis. He worked with Yachty all of those years until this year. Yep. I mean, they were three hundred and three hundred thirty starts together, something like that. They set the record last year. Yeah. Um, but Wayno, yeah, he's an institution in St. Louis. I mean. I went to a barbecue restaurant there, a famous one, Pappy's, and, and there's a smoker outside with his name on it. They have like three smokers, four smokers, and they're all named for somebody famous there, some icon there, and one of them is Wayno. Yep. But, um, yeah, to, to the, the Cardinals have kept a few players for their entire careers, like Molina. But the Braves haven't done that. They didn't keep Freddie Freeman his entire career, and yep. they don't do it with pitchers when they hit free agency and they become really expensive. They just haven't done it. So I think to to I think you're kidding yourself if you think they would have kept Wayno that entire time and he would have had the exact same career here. I mean, it's just not the way it works. But anyway. But good for him. Be happy for the guy. Yeah. I mean, it's good, dude. If you ever met him, so many people here have met him uh, at functions and various – because he used to come back to Georgia all the time. We've got a lot of people that still live on Sanibel Island. Isn't that where he's at? Sanibel Island? Not Sanibel. What am I, what am I thinking? Santa Maria. No, mm-hmm. it's it's not Sanibel. What the hell am I? That's Georgia. I mean, that's uh, Florida. Anyway, St. Simons, St. Simons. Okay. God, I couldn't couldn't grasp. That's where he's from, St. Simons. Cool place. Um, so Kyle Wright, man, I don't know what what your level of concern with him is, but I, I just don't think that there's a whole lot more time left for him to get. He's built up to, you know, 80 pitches, and so that's not the problem. But he just doesn't look like the same guy. He was, like he said, he was yanking some curveballs last night. He doesn't have the same movement on his pitches. Location's not the same. He's throwing pretty much as hard, not quite as hard. But, I mean, we're just seeing the result of a guy that missed over four months of the season and after starting spring training late. You know, he had an abbreviated spring training that – you know, he missed three weeks and then bled into the season. He started the season on the IL, but he didn't get like a full spring training. And then his rehab assignment was cut short too because they had to get him here. He only made like three rehab starts. So nothing about it has gone really well. And that shoulder, you know, has, has, has been a problem since the winter when he got the cortisone shot in January. Worth a try. I mean, that that's how yeah. I look at it if I'm the Braves. If, yeah. if 
and realistically, if he can have two good starts before the season's over, you give right. him a chance. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think one does it because you see guys all the time come back. They have one good one and then a couple bad ones. Uh, you'd want to see him really look convincing in back to back starts before you give him a playoff start, and that's why he's in right. a tough spot because the last thing you want him doing is pressing. And you saw the first game back. It's all the adrenaline of it. All right, you get a free pass. Get yourself acclimated. The second yeah. game, it's kind of similar. You know, I mean, the stuff doesn't look like it's there. And it's it's like, shit, now I only got a couple starts to look convincing if I want to be on this postseason roster. Yeah. But there's also going to be time to, you know, throw sim games and whatever it is and maybe get in the second or third round of the playoffs and and make an impression. And if, even if you come in long and, and deal like he yeah. did that one year in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's, it, it's a tough spot because I, I, I always thought starters need about a month to, to look right. Same with Max. Like Max came back in that first one. I was like, shit, he just, he just changed my mind. Maybe starters can come back and just yeah, be fired yeah. right away. But then he kind of showed it, you know, right. he showed the rust. And I think that's kind of just what seems to happen. But if Kyle came out and had two, one really good start and one dominant back to back, I'd trust him in the postseason. Yeah. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Another scenario is he can come out and just pitch well enough to warrant maybe a bullpen spot, depending on what the matchups exactly. are. And he could pitch out of the pen for the first round. And who knows? Something could happen to a start or whatever, and he could be available for the second round to start. So a lot of things can happen. But the important thing is that he just makes progress in these next two starts before uh, the end of the season. Um, he, he said he felt a lot better last night, even though the results weren't there. He said he felt a lot better. Yeah. But he said it's time. I got to, I got to realize my stuff. I've got what I've got this year. This isn't last year. I need to get with what I've quote. got this year and get out and do better. That's the biggest quote that I could hear from him is I've got what I've got this year. Yeah. Cause so many times when you're coming back from an injury or something like that, you're looking at old film, you're looking at your 95 mile an hour fastball, how much it was moving, what you were doing. And you're trying to turn back the clock and be that guy. And it's like, there's no time for that. So for me, that tells him he's got the right mindset of, look, this might be what I have. And I have to figure out how to get out with it. Because when you're caught trying to like find that 95, it might not be there at all this year. Right. That turbo sinker might not be there. And when you're, when you're caught with that, you know, it's almost a distraction from how do I get out with this current stuff that I have. When you can embrace, all right, this is what I got this year. Maybe my slider sucks. Maybe I don't have my changeup. Here's what I have. How do I get outs with this? That's the mindset that moves you forward. And then next year you get to spring training and it's probably all there again. You don't have to worry about it. But there's no time for him to find that this year. 
He's just got to take what he has and, and get yeah. out. I guess the uh, the biggest positive would be he pitched he threw seventy eight pitches last yeah. night and the shoulder wasn't an issue. Yeah, he said he felt fine. So that's what you're worried about, you know, with the shoulder having been uh, not subsided with it with a cortisone shot in January, landed him on the IL for part of spring training, landed him on the IL again after making five starts in April and May. So that's the positive because if it was barking again, then you'd be worried about, okay, now he's going to go into the offseason wondering, do I need surgery? Do I try another cortisone shot? That isn't an issue right now. At least he hasn't said so. So he said he felt good, which would be a huge positive going forward if he can get through this this season, maybe the postseason without any issues with the, the health-wise, then he could look forward to having a normal shoulder and a normal spring. Well, and think about, I mean, it's a lot about what we just talked about, but if he were able to have a good start or two, make an impact in the postseason, yeah. Yeah. you go into the offseason and none of the shit that you went through the whole year mattered because you got to contribute yeah. on the biggest stage. So, I mean, that's that's where your eyes got to be. And that, that's a way to erase everything that happened this whole year. And just feel like good. in 2021. Yep. When yeah, he came in, exactly. in the postseason. That's World all series. it takes. That's the good thing about baseball. That World Series appearance it just it, it erased <laughs> it everything that had happened over. before. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah. he comes in next last year and leads the majors in wins with 21. I mean, he was terrific last year. That's why it's yep. it, and I asked him about that, and he said, Yeah, it's infuriating, it's frustrating to know that the only reason that he's not pitching well this year is because he hasn't pitched much, you know? Yeah. Uh, right now, it's not because he's hurt. It's because he was hurt, and he hasn't pitched enough to be pitching well. Yeah. He just didn't build up, and he hasn't gotten everything honed, and everybody else is at the top of their game. So here's a guy that went 21-5 and five last year, the only 20-game winner in the majors, yeah. he won 21. 3.19 ERA, 30 starts, 180 innings, 174 strikeouts. This year, he's 0-3 with a 7.71 ERA and seven starts. I mean, 28 strikeouts, 16 walks, and five homers allowed in 25 innings. Yep. So that's if I'm him, that's my mindset. I'm putting this all behind me with a strong finish. And then next year's a fresh, fresh start, and we'll have a good season. Yeah. Um, the 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 Braves have got the third highest ERA in the majors in September. They won those first two in the month, and then uh, the pitching has really been a problem, starting and relieving. Uh, the starters, they got some short starts. Relievers, several guys that have pitched so well all year, like Tonkin, Jimenez pitched well for most of the year, have struggled lately. Um, Kirby Yates had a bad outing a couple of, couple of nights ago. Um, just a lot of guys that uh, that really were kind of Carrying a big load on this pen for much of the year are struggling right now. Iglesias, who was unhittable for you know much of the season, has struggled in his recent outings. Uh, Tonkin has given up a run or more in five in his in five consecutive outings. Three of those yeah. multiple runs. Snit defended him last night. Said, "Oh, it was great. He ate those three innings last night, but he gave up two bombs last night, including that monstrous home run from Schwarber." 480-some feet, second longest thousand, ever. 480,000 feet. Good luck. That, that was that was a just a massive home run. He hit that exact same homer in San Diego in the playoffs that went into the upper deck in right field San Diego. Yeah. Man, he hits them in spots that – good. Damn, that was – Only Acuna hits them as far as he does. Um, there we go. I just got a, got a beep that uh, Jesse Chavez – 
reinstated from the 60. Back with the squad. He's back with the squad. Lucas Lukey DFA'd to make room. Lukey pitched last night, actually got good inning. (laughs) But uh, they needed space, so there you go. DFA'd. Be the third time Lukey's Lukey's been uh, DFA'd this year, right? I think so. Um, Yeah. So Chavez is back. That's good. That could be just what the pen needs, not just because of uh, uh, how he was pitching before he got hurt, but what he brings. Because right yeah. now they might be a little down. You know, he was the ringleader for so for the last few years when he's been there, as far as keeping everything loose constantly, yeah. even in the worst of times. So right now, with a bunch of guys struggling and some of those guys maybe worried about their jobs or whatever, um, he's the perfect guy to add down there, as you know. You you've been with him down there. You know what he can bring to a pen. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you need. It's you need a bullpen coach that knows how to keep it loose. You know, when you have a panicking bullpen coach, it just adds stress before you even step on the mound. And you need at least one or two veterans that know like this shit isn't a big deal. It's the same game. You go out, you pitch. You have a bad day today. You go back out tomorrow. You pitch again. Like. You just you really need guys that are laid back and understand the stress and understand how to diffuse it. And he's one of those guys. I mean, he's going to have fun and show up, and he is the same guy every day. And it's you can't really learn that without all the shit he's been through and the struggles he's been through. And the guy's been released and traded and played for seems like every team in baseball. So if he has a bad game, he's going to show up tomorrow with a smile on his face. Yeah, um, and he pitched well in his rehab uh, rehab assignment. Pitched really well. A couple of outings ago, what, struck out the side or struck out two out of three in a perfect inning? So if if he's on top of his game like he was before the injury, that's a huge plus. I mean, this is a guy, remember, he was he was the best reliever they had in the first half. He was pitching yeah. well enough to make the All-Star game. Our people were talking about it. He was going to get consideration. Would have been the first time of his career. Would have been so cool because he turned 40. This while he, was on the <laughs> I, while he was on the IL, he turned 40. Yeah. So I'm just glad he's back to pitch in the majors at 40. Because if that hadn't happened for some reason, that would have kind of sucked because that was a big goal of his. Yeah. After his college coach told him like 10 years ago, the way you pitch, your mechanics, you can pitch till you're 40, past 40. He was like, he didn't believe it until a few years ago. Yeah, he's kind of an alien. I mean, it, Huddy was an alien. Uh, Chavi's an alien where they just their bodies just work so well in a way that they could pick any routine in the game and they're still going to be able to go out there and throw strikes and have clean mechanics. But one thing that you look at with him is he was coming into those games where you were in a big jam in the yeah. seventh, that swing yeah. games all the time. And Tonkin's come in and look, Tonkin's been great all year, but he's, he's struggled in the last week. And you see how those games have blown up when, when you don't get it done in those situations. And right. just having a few other guys to call on if, if, Tonkin had a rough day the day before. Somebody else to go out and throw into that situation to see if they get it done and ride them for a bit. It's really nice to have. Yeah, Tonkin, uh, the last two weeks, four of the five uh, outings they lost, four of his five outings they lost, and he gave up runs in every one of them. Um, yeah. In addition to uh, Chavi being back, starting rehab assignments tonight with AAA, three guys, all of whom could help. It's definitely one of them, Nick Anderson. Yeah, remember he really pitched some big innings before he went down. Nick Anderson, Daisbell Hernandez, and Colin McHugh are all beginning rehab assignments tonight at Triple A. In addition to Chavez being back with the Bravos, so I look at it too. Like if you happen to have a starter 
scuffle, you know, in the second or third inning, and you have the Kyle Wright, Chavez, and McHugh down there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a chance to keep a game close and and not burn through the horses you want to use at the end of the game. And you get Anderson back too. I mean, th- this is but this is why you say it. You're like, fuck, it doesn't matter because this bullpen. Could, you're worried about the bullpen struggling. There could be three new guys in the pen by the time the postseason yeah. starts, and it can completely yeah. change that quick. Yeah, and some of these guys, uh, I, I think they'd never say it that they've. That Tonkin's showing wear and tear. But if you look at where he's pitched, man, he was out of the big leagues for a long time, pitching indie ball, pitching, and now you're pitching in these big games. They're just emotional. They're, I mean, they're expending a lot of energy and pitching great for so. I mean, that guy pitched a lot of big innings this year for coming. It was a best of, that's a, a movie waiting to happen the way he's yep. pitched. If he's, if he's to, it'll be kind of like uh, Matzik. If he's to be a big part of the bullpen down, you know, in a, in a world series run, for instance, that's a, that's a yep. movie waiting to happen. What this guy's gone through. So yeah, if he's showing some wear and tear, it's only normal. i uh, showing some, just some, gr- uh, some effect of the grind, mental and physical. Yeah. And so, he's at 75 innings out of the pen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, he's 42 games, but they're all, he's coming to a lot of big jams. I mean, that, bigger as the years gotten on bigger and bigger. I think he's had one full beat-me-up major league season under his belt. And I was with Minnesota in 2016. He threw 65 games. A long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you see a lot of relievers when they're getting that first kind of chance at a big workload. I mean, I told you that story when I had like a two ERA in August. Yeah. And it with Seattle and finished with a four and a half. It, 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 it's hard to close out your first big season. But you go through September and next year you come back to this point. And it's like, shit, I remember how this felt. I got to lock in even more. I got to make pitches. I might not be able to blow it by him up in the zone. So I have to just dial it in a little bit more and play a little more careful. And you just, you go through these things and you learn from him. But he's only had one chance to really even feel this in his career. Uh, our guy, fuck Bill Gates, P-H-U-C-K Bill Gates, says, would Wright pitch to the Braves lineup during the playoff bye week if he doesn't, um, he means make the playoff roster. That's a perfect guy that could pitch in yeah. when the Braves are going to need to pitch, I think, a couple of simulated type games. And he is a perfect candidate if he's not on the roster for the first round or they don't they don't plan mm-hmm. to put him on that. That would be a perfect guy to have. And he could get his innings in, keep building, you know, yep. from where he is now, go like five innings, you know, six innings yep. if necessary, if they're not going to have him on the first round roster. And uh, there's a couple other candidates for that, too, that if they're not on that uh first round roster or they're going to pitch out of the pen. You could have him make Bryce Elder, for instance. I think he will be in it, obviously, with because I don't think Wright will be as in the rotation. But you could have a guy, the extra the extra starter pitch in those games. And also obviously some they're going to have more relievers than they need with these guys that are coming back. So you it should have no problem at all putting together uh nine innings worth of uh, in a in a sim game if they want to against their hitters, which they really should, and I'm sure they're really aware of that too. But I think they need to do whatever it takes to stay sharp in that downtime this year and avoid what happened last year, if at all possible, if it'll help at all. Yeah, I think that teams are kind of still in the early stages of figuring out the best yeah. thing to do with with, with this time off. Yeah, with the buy. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like it's they've had a lot of experience and nobody has. So what's best no. to have, what to how to treat it? Now, it used to be a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, and now you're talking about. Four days and and uh, and if you're like the Braves were last year when you all, when you really clinched with the Mets series when you swept, 
that Mar- Marlins series was meaningless. They just had to win one game, which they did. Really, it's a week between meaningful games. And yeah. you're going to have a similar scenario this year, although this year you do have plenty to play for with that home field advantage because when you go into that last series of the year against the Nationals, you still got seven games left against the Nationals. That plays very well for the Braves. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's not a very good team. You got a real chance to do to to make hay against them after the two against Philly. You got four at Washington. It's not going to be you know big atmosphere there at all. They're they they have nothing left to play for. So you got a chance to really, uh, and then you finish with the Nationals three games. So, but the Dodgers and Orioles are breathing right down the neck. There's no way you're just going to go ah. There's nothing to play for and relax. Not that the Braves would do that anyway, but you're going to have something to play for. So no. Uh, Last year, you really didn't. Last year, you didn't. The Marlins series, you had nothing left to play for in that series. And yeah. Once you clinched in that second game, which you knew you were going to win in one of them anyway. I don't know. Just to hammer home the point of how much I don't think it matters. You know, Obviously, you want to go in the postseason playing well, but last year, they went into the postseason on a tear. Yeah. Hot yeah. as you can get, bounced in the first round. You know? <laughs> yeah. Postseason is just a different animal. It's a reset. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. It can't be stated enough how big the injury to Strider, which had kept him out for a couple of weeks, and he was not himself. Two innings, he pitched great, and then he just had lost, had nothing left. And then the sickness, for the flu, where, where Freed was throwing up in the trash can in that last home start, lost like 10 pounds or more for a guy Without that can't, 10 have, pounds to lose. can't lose two pounds. I mean, right. he has no body fat. Yeah. And he just wasn't himself. Well, that was two of the, the, the first three right there. So that just that was more important than anything else, far more important yeah. than the Phillies getting hot, which they did. But yeah. the Phillies were lucky to get past the first round. Yep. You know, they were lucky to get in. Then they were lucky to get past the wild card round. And then they ran up against the Braves team. That was those two things really shot the Braves in the foot, man, in both feet. <laughs> so yeah. you just don't know when that's something like that's going to happen, which is why they're being so careful with Freed. Yeah. It's good it's that smart. he told them. 
because he got the hot spot on the index finger. It hasn't been the blisters. He had an aisle stint last year for the blister early on in June, I think it was. This time, he could feel it. You know, he's been through it enough. He had aisle stints in the minors, and he's been under, he's had a, he's had a good grasp of a good control of it in the last few years. Um, but for him to not have too much pride and try to keep pitching through that in Philly the other day. Just being smart. Yeah, I was wondering why he came out. He didn't say anything about it after that game. But it was a hot spot, and they're skipping to start this week. So he'll start one of the games against the Nationals. And I think they caught it enough where it's not even a blister yet. You can just feel it starting. So then you shut it down. You don't throw off that, or you probably tape that finger when you're just throwing, you keep, you know, when you're yeah. keeping your arm in shape. So, yeah, because that could have been huge. I mean, if he gets a blister, comes out of the start with, against the Phillies like yesterday with a blister, then your postseason's in jeopardy because those games can linger, man, for weeks. Yeah, well, because it's so hard to keep your arm going and not put pressure on that spot and not change how you throw and, and get – you know, messed up with the pressure you're putting on the ball. I thought right. it was – I mean, that that's the most important thing is just that he recognized it and shut it down, and he'll still have time to build up. And, yeah, when you're when you're not in a game, you can put a little, like, finger sleeve over it and protect right. it. You can put the tough right. skin. You can put all the stuff that you can't use in a game that that's when it gets torn up again. But right. yeah, they got to have him. People that might not know, you can't, like, pitch with with tape over it or some see-through stuff. Some You can't – Anything that could that could affect the ball, they will not let you use. So especially now, <laughs> that's why blisters are so tough. Yeah, and they check your hands now too. Obviously, yeah. so um, yeah, that to say that they need him, oh, that, that's an understatement. I mean, they've got to have Max Freed. They got to have him. They got to have Strider. They got to have Strider, and they need Charlie to pitch well. He doesn't have to pitch great, but he's got to pitch well and get to, you know five six innings into a game. Ideally, I mean, that's what you you don't want to have to. Give him the hook early. You know, he's having one of his bad innings in the second inning. So, but I like Charlie in the postseason. His pedigree, I think that's going to come to the fore. That's important. He's pitched a ton in the postseason in huge games. Yeah. So, and answered the bell every time, just about every time. Yep. So, um, it's uh, it's not ideal that I know everybody just gets anxious because you know you don't want to see your team losing, you know, but uh, and you think, okay, now the wheels are coming off and they're having a bad September, but. Just keep in mind where they are. This offense is still uh, third best OPS in, in September in a majors, even though they're six and nine uh, in their last fifteen games. Uh, and the pitching so much better to go through it now than to go through it two weeks from now. They got plenty of time to get this turned around, get back into a good groove. So it's much better to do it now than that last week of the season where. You go into the off days, the, the the break between the 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 first series, going okay. We got to get it back together. <laughs> yeah. you, you got time now to put. It, and, and like I said, you're facing the Nationals seven times. You got a chance to really turn some good starts and really yeah. pound them. You know, P- pad your stats a little. Going to the yeah. going to the postseason, feeling good about a performance. And between those two national series, you're facing the Cubs. You talk about the wheels falling off. The Cubs, all of a sudden, they went from being, you know, it was going to be the Braves face the Phillies or the Cubs. Now the Cubs are fighting for their lives, and they're not going to be in it right now the way they're going. Yeah, and that's that's when you should be panicking. You know, if, you, if you're a fan right. of these teams that are fringe going to make the playoffs, when you lose two out of three to a bad team, you're like, we just blew it. You know, we, we might not make the postseason now, but not in the Braves' case, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and – uh but Arizona and the Marlins, two resurgent teams, and that right now one of those are going to end up facing the Phillies, and the Braves will face the winner of that 
a game of the division series. You can look at it however you want. I mean, you can look at it as the Phillies are scary. Um, some people think because they have that lineup they have. But the Braves also look at it as they've handled the Phillies. Like every time they faced them in a big series, except for the division series, when there were yeah. there were contributing factors, obviously. It was mitigated by those the injury and the illness. So. The, the thing that's scary about the Phillies is just that they have that nuclear option the Braves have where yeah. you they could put up a six spot. Yeah, they can be out of a game and right back in it. And that's that's one of the toughest things to combat. It's it's so nice when you face a team that's just got this lights out pitching and an okay offense and you wind up putting a three spot on Scherzer, you're like, shit, we got this in the bag. But you jump up five nothing in the first two innings to Philly, you could bet that they're probably gonna do something and get back in it. Those are the toughest games to win. William Ken Anderson just did some research, said the Braves' last five-game losing streak was in September of 17, over 800 games ago. Six years. Is it that far? We were looking at this earlier in the year when they had a four-game. I don't remember it being that far back, but I'll take your word for it. I'll I'll find out as soon as we get off this thing. I bet I got one of those losses. (laughs) (laughs) Had a a rough 17. (laughs) Oh, um. Man, I'm just looking at a couple of questions here. Acuna, that was that was the oh that was the other huge thing. I, I I'd be remiss not to mention. Acuna missed the two games Saturday, Sunday in Miami. That was really smart. He had the he had this calf tightness. It wasn't a strain or it wasn't a pull, and they got him off that turf because even though he did it coming out of the box, he was stressing the calf running in the outfield. The cleats digging into that artificial turf, grippy. It's real grippy. And a guy like yeah. that was so fast and powerful that running all the time in the outfield, you know, it, they they didn't want him to to risk uh, making that worse than it was. So he was back in there last night. Took him out in the ninth inning just because they were getting beat seven to one and get him off his feet. But uh, he did finally had a double last night, and he tested it before sprinted and everything. That's huge, obviously huge. Uh, Never mind his pursuit of forty forty. It's back on, but uh, God, I want him to get it. He's three three bombs, man. He could have done three that bomb. even with a sore calf, but it certainly helps if because uh, they're not going to play him with a sore calf. It, it, you can't tell him not to run. That's just everything well, he does is off running fast. There's a lot more to lose than gain. Yeah. So yeah, he played last night, went eight innings, and that's that's huge. That's huge. Both catchers have really struggled since the All-Star break. Yeah, compared to – I mean, you forget how great Sean Murphy was before the break, man, when his OPS yeah. – he was OPS over 1,000 for a while there, leading the, leading the majors, leading the league, you know, if he had enough PAs to qualify. I mean, they were – him and Darno were really – I mean, it was not even close as far as the best one-two catching combo for much of the season. So Yeah. But, you know – They'll get it back for the postseason. Get a little rest. This they're giving they're giving Murphy some time to rest. They, they, he played a lot, man. A lot. First, first two thirds of the season. It felt like Darno never saw the field in the first half. Yeah, now he's playing more, as much or more. So they're, they're, that's more just resting Murphy and let him get his, catch his wind here. So anyway, here we go. Uh, you got two more games in this Philly series. Then you go to Washington to play four. You talk about the energy level going down. I was impressed, man, with the Marlins crowds. They weren't huge, but they were a lot bigger than they have been, and they made a lot of noise. I mean, it was noise in that place where it's been felt like you could hear that the music just rattling off the roof in recent years. You know, you could hear the air conditioner in there sometimes. But um, anywhere that was with not, the roof, it wasn't artificial noise this time. It was actually people screaming. They were they were fired up for them. So, um, and last night, did you see they got screwed last night. 
that foul ball, home run, the Solari hit. It was fair. Then they called it foul. It was so high. They got to raise that. They got to raise these, some of these foul poles in some of these places. They're not high enough. And it went over the top of the foul pole. And it was initially ruled fair. Then the umpires overruled it, ruled it foul. So then Skip, the Marlins manager, challenged it. And they said there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it, even though they had already overturned it themselves. And they ended up losing 2 1. So that was rough. I didn't, I didn't see that. Which could be a really important game for them. Jake Berger's playing his ass off since they got him from the White Sox. He reminds me of Billy Butler. They, Braves didn't get him out. The twice the twice torn Achilles guy. So yeah. Soroka's got to be loving it, watching this guy. And he's a load, man, running hard at about yep. 250, 60 pounds. So that ball he hit out off of uh, Yates. Yeah. I yeah. can't believe how hard he hit that ball. All right. So you got Strider and Sanchez tonight. The young lefty who pitched well for the Phillies up there in Philly. Uh, and then you got Bryce Elder against Aaron Nola in the series finale on Wednesday. That's an afternoon game, 1220 Eastern, by the way. So then up to Washington. So four games. Let's see if the Braves can once again avoid a five-game streak. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again after um, what is today? Today's Tuesday. So we'll talk again probably Friday after maybe the first game of that uh, Nationals series. All right, everybody, thanks for contributing and the questions and all that. uh, We appreciate it. 755 is real. We're out. (laughs) 